Welcome to the eighth episode of Jundo Club. On this episode, we tackle big tech shutting down the president and scratch the surface of gene editing and CRISPR. For any questions, comments, or just to use your voice, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club. Welcome to the eighth episode of Junto Club. So, uh, Junto Club is a podcast between the three of us, Michael Petnati, Matthew O'Brien, and Shu Zhang, who met during our PhDs at Georgia Tech. And on the Junto Club, we draw inspiration from Benjamin Franklin, discussing philosophy, science, politics, and numerous other topics in order to gain a better understanding of ourselves and the world around us and learn new things. Very nice. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so do so, you have a quote, yeah. show? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I always do. <laughs> so, so in light of like, uh, what happened in the past week again, right? So agenda for today, basically, to talk about the big tech as freedom of speech, right? It's like what happened last week after like the stormy on Capitol and then uh, Facebook, Twitter, or, or they, they banned like, uh, Trump, right? So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's something we want to talk about. Um, and then the other one is talk about uh, science, of course, uh, genetic mm-hmm. engineering, the issues yes. and, and how it works and stuff like that. Uh, if we have time, we might talk about Andrew Yan. So. <laughs> My my Asian brother, he's back. <laughs> oh yeah, I might have to wait for next week, but that's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not. That's gonna take a while. So anyway, so so in in, in terms of like freedom of speech, so uh, again we are drawing inspiration from Benjamin Franklin. So his quote for for this week is, "quote Abuses of the freedom of speech ought to be repressed, but to whom are we?" To commit the power of doing it, unquote, by Benjamin Franklin. That's so, a good one. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, I mean, it's, I guess it's from this quote, it's pretty obvious that he thinks that, you know, freedom of speech, now, if, if it's abused, it should be oppressed. But who, the question is that who are we committing the power to, right? So, and so beginning with that, so I, I guess we want to talk about who later, that who, who should have the power, but to get into that, we want to talk about like what happened like uh, after the storming of Capitol and then the banning of Trump, right? So, anyway, so you guys want to start with that? Oh, I'm sure. sure. So, just to summarize, you know, there was the Capitol Hill riot slash attack, uh, and then after a few days, they're kind of it's kind of like a wave where every tech company decided to drop like the groups and people affiliated with it. So Trump himself got like banned or muted and groups related to him and QAnon and stuff got banned or removed. And then even, uh, what was that? That not the Twitter replacement parlor. Yeah. That was like explicitly for people who have been like banned for Twitter, you know, um, the app store removed it and then Amazon web services dropped them. So like they have to find a new like web hosting company to, you know, run their, website which uh yeah so it's kind of like a but basically it's kind of like once a few companies did it like everyone's like okay yeah we'll do the same thing and just kind of joined in that was the basic summary of the events yeah and what's your what's your thoughts on that i mean i'm i'm okay with it because they're private companies and this is something that people are hypocritical on both sides because I've seen a lot of references to gay wedding cakes, right? I don't know what I'm talking about. This is why I I guess, I I mean, I'm torn about it because it's like, like I think it's shitty when people deny over like race, you know, gay wedding cakes, whatever. But at the same time, like when people make the private company argument, I agree with them to a degree but i'm like how absolute like it's again a line it's like a line i guess has to be drawn or a lot of people agree it has to be drawn but where it's drawn depends 100 percent on the side you're on oftentimes 
Okay, so we'll fill shoe in for a moment here, though. So gay wedding cake. What does this have to do with this? There's a very famous, um, well, th- this goes back to a larger debate on what, when private companies have the right to refuse service to people and for what reasons. Um, so generally, companies always like, we can refuse service to anyone for any reason. But then there's also legislation against like, hey, well, you can't refuse service to like black people just because they're black or things like that. Because that's like uh, legal discrimination against a protected class. So there's a gay wedding cake, a famous case, where basically a gay couple went out looking for a Christian baker and, you know, wanted a cake for the wedding. And the guy was like, I'm not going to make you like a special custom wedding cake because I consider that like my art. Mm. And, uh, you know, he was was like, you can buy stuff from the store, but I'm not going to do that. It went to court. Eventually, the Supreme Court sort of ruled in his favor, but it's mostly that the state court they mostly said the state court did a bad job, which got it thrown out, but they didn't explicitly say like what he did was legal. So it kind of ended up wishy-washy, but technically he won. <laughs> the long story short, um, you know, there's a big divide where the right's like, oh, you know, it's a bit business. It's like religious freedom, freedom of expression, his right to like say, you know, and they also argued that he didn't, you know, just discriminate them because they're gay. They could buy things in a store. He just didn't want to make like this custom cake. Um, you can probably guess that I do kind of lean towards, even though I say I'm a liberal in the sense that normally you associate it with like left and this stuff. And I, you know, it's stupid to deny someone a cake because they're gay. Um, but generally I support the business's ability to say, yeah, no, I don't want to do that because it's, yeah. So anyway, so that's where that comes from. So people have been referencing a lot since technically the gay wedding cake thing, he won. Then people are like, well, if you can do that, well, then you can deny, you know, Twitter can decide to block people from Mm -hmm. saying things that violate their terms of service or whatever. Oh, okay. So people are supporting the the band is using that as an example. Say, hey, if you can do that, deny a gay couple a cake, you can deny Trump (laughs) the right to make his speech on Twitter. Yeah. Basically, exactly. And I mean, in both cases, good. It is, as Mike says it, it is a, like, it's a line, right? Cause like you can't go into one to extremes on either end is probably bad. But I mean, for me, I would say the line you would say is, you know, if the business refusing service, is this somehow blocking someone from getting like something important or like deny them? Cause you know, is this the only grocery store in a small rural town and they literally like can't get food? You know, mm-hmm. then that becomes like a serious problem. Is it, you know, a special bakery that when there's like a dozen closer to you that you went out of your way to go to, you know, whatever. Is it one of a two dozen social media companies that you could use to talk to other people online? You know, you're not really having your life majorly impacted. I don't feel like Twitter is obligated to build and host services for anyone who wants to use, you know, their stuff. So. Well, what's more problematic though with uh, with me with this and the only reason I like, yeah, if Twitter kicked them off, it's like, it's their company, it's their service, uh, whatever. But I guess what's more problematic is Amazon and like Google and like basically the pillars of the internet sort of falling in line, right? Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, cause they sort of do control, I mean, 99.999% of content you're seeing, so. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I mean, it's obviously going to be a big pain for Parler to get dropped by Amazon, but I mean, there are a lot of other web hosting services, you know, I know because lots of countries uh, want to host things that aren't legal in America. So people regularly use them. So, you know, it's a pain, but they can get their website up and running with some Russian or other service hosting thing. (laughs) Not that hard. This is not like a specific like Russian Trump connection. It's just, I know there's like a lot of streaming sites that pirate content that are like dot ru on the end you know uh, yeah. someone who gets his content and the... <laughs> not that i would ever illegally pirate content i'm just aware of this okay don't let's not get this wrong on the i record. understand i understand <laughs> no no i mean that that is valid i mean there are other options it's just but i guess uh yeah. I mean, it's just something I go back and forth a lot about. I mean, I go like, I mean, I've been as extreme as like, you know, businesses should just be able to do whatever the, like, whatever they want to do. And people essentially vote with their money with respect to that. Like if you have a shitty business in your neighborhood who denies like people for 
you know, no reason, race, you know, uh, sexual orientation, whatever, you know, basically you're like, okay, you're bigoted pieces of garbage. Like I'm not going to buy cakes there, but, and I've sort of been, I like, I guess as far as drawing the line on sort of the other side of what we're seeing here, which is basically like, you know, okay, you know, Twitter, like all of these companies that basically are reasonably powerful with respect to like, I mean, I know freedom of speech is a government thing, but all of these companies that give essentially a voice to anyone, like the, they can quash certain like ideas that they deem like wrong, like basically arbitrarily because of their moral policy or whatever they have in the company code. And that's going to essentially or effectively remove that idea from 99 point, you know, 99.9% of people, you know, cause you really do need it. Like now at this point you need to seek out, I mean, uh, like, and basically you're forcing, I feel like you're forcing, like, for example, like an Alex Jones listener, like you're forcing them essentially into like, what's even more of an echo chamber than they would have been in before mm. in a way. So, um, cause they just need to like, they actively need to seek out that content and, in places that will not have sort of maybe more normal content. Well, I feel like a lot of these social media already built around letting you create (laughs) echo chambers, right? That's like only seeing this content you like. And I mean, like, yeah, like I agree, like in general, like more than just the legal meaning of the first amendment, first amendment, like freedom of speech is like a good idea in general, you know, I mean, one thing that it's like, it's, it's not just one company, right? Like it's literally like, you know, 20 ish. Like it's not like one, it's not like Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook can say, Hey, you know, we're not going to allow this. And then you're locked out. You need, you need Facebook, you need Twitter, you know, you need TikTok, you need, you know, Snapchat, blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's like, if this many, there's kind of like a, if this many companies are all saying like, this is bad, dangerous, you know, we're going to block it. I feel like that's likely is an issue right when it's so like universally overwhelming you mean you mean they you mean the majority of companies agreed to ban trump so you are saying that what he says is is bad so that's why so many people ban it is that what you're saying yeah well basically it's like i guess what i'm trying to remind remind us is that it's not like it's not up to the decision of one company one ceo one you know the policy one board set up right we're talking about like a consensus from like a mostly a consensus from a lot of different groups different companies owned by different people built in different countries you know so there's some i guess what i say like redundancy that should limit abuse in a sense I would agree with that if those companies, I I think there's a lot of shared interests in those companies. So I I guess, I I mean, if those, if it was sort of totally independent events, like, or, you know, independent, like if the probability was totally independent, I would agree with you a hundred percent. I guess I may be wondering how many actual checks and balances they're there as opposed to almost like a domino effect, right? Like, yeah so yeah so wasn't i mean twitter was like hey like if you remove wasn't twitter the one where it's like trump if you like delete this stuff will like let you back on and then he was just like nah and they're just like okay fuck you yeah i mean twitter was definitely sort of the precipitate like i think they there was sort of fair warning there but i mean i don't know i mean it's just what frustrates me and i guess what why i see sort of the domino effect is like twitter allows some heinous things on their platform i mean they allow radicalization of other types on their platform i mean so and it's not like and that's not even to say trump's stuff shouldn't be you know like banned or put in a proper context or whatever you want to say about it it's just more like there's other, I could point to plenty of other things that should also, I mean, there's beheading videos you can find on there. So it's, I mean, there's definitely stuff like that should also be, I guess, blocked or, uh, you know, like there should be a thing under it, you know, like this guy's head questions whether this is an appropriate action. (laughs) Now this reminds me of Reddit where they've had tons of, they always go through these waves of 
like there's something kind of like problematic on Reddit, you know, like in a subreddit somewhere where people are doing or saying bad stuff and it gets ignored for a long time. And then like it gets a little news or media attention and then Reddit like slams down, bans a bunch of subreddits, you know, right. cleans up the stuff. Um, and this repeats, it's a cycle that repeats. And I think it's basically the same thing. To be fair to these companies, to some degree, they, they have a massive amount of user generated content being posted, right? Um, it's clearly impossible for them to manage it all. They could probably do a better job of managing stuff that's either, you know, dangerous or just clearly fake. Right. Um, but I think it's a little bit, I think they generally seem to lean into the, we're not going to touch it until it shows itself to be like an actual problem. So it's not just can't, it can't just be, you said something bad, but it's like, you got to be something, say something bad and it's causing real issues now. So yeah. with like, you know, Trump in particular, you know, he's like inciting actual stuff, not just some rando crazy who's got like 10 followers on Twitter that no one cares what that, you know, nonsense they spout off. Sure. No. And I, I mean, you know, like I said, it's not, it's definitely not ideal, but we've, I mean, we've talked about this problem of like, okay, how, what's the right balance of like these social media echo chambers, which get a lot of like fake information and like, how do you deal with it? I mean, this is certainly not ideal, but it's kind of like uh once it, the quite answer right now is, well, once it gets bad enough, these companies will step in and like, you know, clean out the issue and then they'll ignore it until it becomes a real problem again. Right. All right. So let's bring it back to freedom of speech again. So well, well you did mention, Matt, they mentioned TikTok. So it would be funny if Trump switched to TikTok, right? Now he actually banned, <laughs> tried to ban. <laughs> I thought Trump was already banned from TikTok. People were saying that like TikTok oh, banned him before he banned it. Well, I mean, did he, I mean, he didn't even have an account, right? Did he have an account on TikTok? I don't actually know. I don't have TikTok myself. This is just a joke I heard. So I'm like, oh, did okay. TikTok ban either Trump or maybe some related content All or right. something? Well, maybe he can use WeChat then. WeChat is pretty good. <laughs> WeChat. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. So I would say for me, plus I would say uh, one thing I hate about what don't really like what happened is because they did it so fast, it switched the conversation of Trump, like the storming of capital, right? Because everybody was, the day before, was talking about the storming of capital. And then once they, they decided to ban it, it's just on the whole country, almost like, especially in Fox News, right? The conversation all just switched to this freedom of speech. So I I, I was like, that is just so dumb. These, these big, uh, big tech guys, they just switched the whole com- conversation of the whole country to from hating Trump just now, it's like almost like divisive again. Everybody, because before that, everybody was like, "Oh, you know, just t- talking about like what happened and so the capital was a bad thing." And then now, and then suddenly, once they done it, the day after is like just everything switched. The conversation just changed, right? So like the conservatives don't really talk about like what happened to Trump and like mm-hmm. what Trump did, right? And they they start switch to like talking about the freedom of speech, so. I think that's one thing I really don't like about that. Also, I feel like the, the, the decision, I don't know why they, I think it's a very big decision, but they make it so so fast, so quick. I feel like this kind of decision should not make so quickly. It's almost like September 11 again, where like you have the reaction of like, oh, this almost like revenge, right? And like, Driven by emotion, where you you know attack, then you go into the country and that start a war, and it's like almost like it's no probably might not be the right thing to do. And I feel like uh, the reaction is driven by emotion, revenge, kind of in a way that you have the like maybe some have some second order effects down the line that they have not thought through. So I feel like them. I think it's a rush decision that is making too quick, right? And then, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff like, you know, like why the big tech is doing it now, right? Because is it because like Democrats are coming in? You know, Senate is all controlled by Democrats, you know, so they want to cater to favor the, the Democrats, right? So I, I feel like there's a lot of, I mean, then that probably is probably not, not as important, but it's potentially there. Well, but, I mean, I think the, to answer one of those, I think the why now is pretty clear, right? Like there yeah. was a major event that like created the trigger like twitter had been putting like those like messages on almost all of trump's tweets like this might this like has 
you know, basically like this might be fake info, you know, experts say this isn't true, blah, blah, blah. They've already been doing that for like a month on all of his stuff. So I think to some degree, Twitter was already kind of like probably already talking about this decision and like how they want to handle this. But, you know, then when there was like, oh, like actual violence, people got killed over it. You know, that makes a very clear, like, you know, that's a very clear, like, cause and effect of, like, okay, let's, like, step up and actually do something now, right? Like, okay, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's fair. I would say, to respond to a different point, uh, that basically it's an emotional response that's overly rushed. I would say both sides are guilty of that in every major news story for, like, the last 10 years. Like, <laughs> I mean, just, like, think of every mass shooting. The left is like, we need to take away guns, look at the bodies. And the right is like, mental health, mental health. And, but yeah, but those are public. Those are not politicians or media. They, they should, I think they should be doing that, right? They want to get attention. But the big tech companies, right? These, uh, these, these people should not make decisions that are driven by emotions, right? And, and make it so quickly. I agree with Mark that. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't have emotions, so I don't think you have to worry about that. No, but I would agree with Shu just in the sense of like big companies absolutely do like they get a little bit of backlash, like whenever something happens, there's like a little bit of backlash towards them and they overreact and they'll fight. Like, I mean, ESPN, like they've fired like countless people, like because they like may make some kind of faux pas on the air or on Twitter or something. And it's like, like they do not stand behind them for a second. Like, and if they, if they stood behind them and just were like, oh, we're, we'll weigh it for like a month, then. I mean, and I can't say they didn't do it for anyone because there are some big personalities they have. But, like, basically they say, in those cases, they say, oh, we'll weigh it for a month. And they, like, suspend the person or, like, put the person on leave for, like, a month. And then everyone forgets and they're back and it's fine. So, I mean, it's just, like, I guess... Playing the crowd, be like, we'll suspend them until, like, everyone stops caring. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's sort of, I mean, I guess it, it is just a question of the company. Like, I don't know, like, I speak of the company as an entity. I don't know who at the company is actually making this decision. But basically, like, the company needs to, like, basically weigh, like, can't, do we really want, like, based on our, like, our position at the current time, do we want to, like, take a minute? and try to let this blow over, which it inevitably will, because, I mean, there's just constant news, constant change, and people have very short attention spans. Or do we not want to let it blow over? Do we want to, do we think it's, like, more of a statement to, like, you know, get rid of the person or do whatever? So, so I mean, well, it's just... Yeah, yeah, okay. So, let's see. So, I guess the next couple of things, one thing is, like, one thing I heard is about, Someone was to bring it up, like the freedom of speech, right? Is about the right to assemble, right? And but in modern days, where do people assemble if not online, right? Which are the Twitter platforms, right? Like Twitter, Facebook, you know, all these platforms. It's where people assemble, right? If you take away that, you basically take away the people. I mean, people don't don't assemble. I mean, people can still assemble physically, but in modern day, this is where people assemble, right? So you basically take away that. Right from the people. This is why I struggle with it because they are huge. Like, there's no denying the tech companies that we have are huge. But I mean, you the argument could be made. Well, like we still have like you could no matter how smaller like underutilized it is, you could make your own. You know, you could host your own blog online that people could find. You could, I mean, like you can parlor. Parlor exists. Did they get a new service? I don't Is think so. up? How do you spell it? P A R L E R. But I think actually Parler probably going to survive because con- all conservatives probably going to donate money to it. And then, I mean, he actually, now everybody knows Parler, right? Right. Well, <laughs> so that, I mean, that... he actually may, may, may uh, give you a boost, right, to users. Right. And I think that is, in a way, like, I'm not necessarily saying like Parler is like, it's like I'm not necessarily logging on to Parler, but I mean, it's like, it. I think it is important. Like if, you know, big tech quote unquote shuts down something, 
in a way, I think it's important for like us not to just say like, that's like, oh yeah, well they make the, like big tech has our best interests at heart. Like we'll just, you know, we'll just go along with it. I mean, I think it does, it is important for others. Like if people support the ideas of, you know, that they're shutting down, it is important to still check, like, even if these aren't the ideas that are important or these aren't good ideas, I mean, obviously there's a lot of bad ideas here, but like, if they're shutting down ideas, I think it's important for us not to just say like, oh, well, that's because those ideas are terrible. Like, I think there needs to be a check that we have other ways to get, like, there, there are other ways to express like different ideologies that they, even if they were to shut down ideal those ideologies, because I mean, big tech is obviously growing, like at a point where, I mean, it could want to. I mean, it could. It has the power where it could try to do something that isn't necessarily beneficial for our society as a whole. So I guess. Yeah, yeah. Regarding your, <laughs> you mentioned power, right? Like Benjamin Franklin, who 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 we commit who we to commit the power of doing like doing it, right? Suppress the abuse speech, right? Now, the power actually is really shifted to the big the big companies, right? Government doesn't really have con- they, as much control, right? As these big companies, they have the power actually to shut down these, and basically anything they, they want, right? However, mm-hmm. like, it's almost coming to the original founding of the, the democracy of an idea, right? It's like, it's, it becomes, I think these big companies are very, very easily swayed by the public opinions, like big, by basically majority, right? So it became almost became a mob mentality, mob ruling away, right? And when the, the even though the minority are the Trump supporters right now, but still they are being, uh, you know, by by basically whatever, because right now it's on a public opinion against this, you know, Trump supporter, right? So basically the majority is just taking the action. Without basically, I guess without due process, you can say it, right? Just shut it down, right? right. But I'll say, I mean, they could shut it down maybe maybe temporarily, like maybe, you know, until the inauguration, and it'll be fine, right? But I don't, they, they, if they, they shut it down permanently, I think that might not be a good thing, right? So one thing to remember is that, like, these companies aren't, it's not like they're banning all talk of a certain di- ideology or a certain party or something, right? Like hmm. Mitch McConnell still has a Twitter as do most other major Republicans. And you can certainly go advocate, you know, Reddit had some of the Trump subreddits banned, but like our conservative is still up and, you know, talking about stuff and how much they hate Democrats and things. Um, so, you know, it's like, like, I mean, it's, I agree with y'all in that this is something we should watch with a careful eye like does a comp do if all the companies together start targeting certain like ideas to like suppress them that would violate not the legal law of the first amendment but the spirit of freedom of speech right but i don't think what we've seen right now is that what we've seen right now is like the equivalent of you know some guy getting belligerent yelling at a store breaking some stuff and then him and his friends being kicked out right this is you know if that turns into anyone who you know, looks like him or has known to ever talk to him is like preeminently banned from the store. You know, that's like different, right? To give an analogy to like a physical place. Sure. That makes sense. No, no, no. And I, and I mean, I think it's almost in a way like I want that. It's important that that's taken, like your analogy can be taken literally in a way with like the riot on the Capitol, right? It's like, there are probably a lot of people who are there you know, the people who actually entered the Capitol and broke shit, like, yeah, they should be arrested. Like, but the, like, in a way, I am hopeful that the people who were there, no matter what they put online, like, very little happens to them. <laughs> because technically, that's just a right to assemble, right? I mean, if they yeah. never entered the Capitol and broke anything. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's important that, that's why I say it's important that the line, I feel like that line, as opposed to the line we were talking about earlier is pretty, it should be pretty clear. Like, I mean, people are allowed to express, you know, I mean, ideology that's totally idiotic and stupid as long as they don't take it to that next level. 
Yeah. So like, yeah, it's fine to go to the Capitol to protest and stop the steal, whatever. It's not okay to try to like break into the Capitol, maybe take senators hostage. You know, we not, people are still figuring out what they wanted to do. Right. You know, likewise, it's okay to have a dumb ideology and even spread things that are false online, but it's not okay to like use that as a tool to, you know, incite people to violence you know, and try to plan a illegal coup over the overthrow of the government or whatever. Right. You know? it, no, I mean, you can wish death on someone. You just can't say, I will pay people to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great point. <laughs> or, or, and you can't say like, let's meet up at this time to plan to kill this person. Right. Like, exactly. Like, well, you're clearly working to actively, you know, break the law, infringe on other people's rights. Like that's not okay anymore. Okay. All right. So, I guess, uh, I guess next, just the last question about like, the freedom of speech. Basically, uh, going back to Benjamin's question again, like, who we to come in the power of doing it to? So, so who? I guess ultimately, I guess the answer is like it's the government right now. But what do you think? I guess any thoughts on that question? Like who should have the right, the power to basically suppress abuse of freedom of speech? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I mean, I guess the see, this is why like sometimes I am like can be like more of an absolutist when it comes to freedom of speech, like mm -hmm. where it's just like people should be able to say anything and you know, it's like and if people take the bid for you know, like if someone offers to murder someone for money, then like that's on them. But mm. I mean, I, it's like, I do get that. Like I do get, you need some line. It's just, I mean, it, it, it just is that like that line. It's like who enforces it? Because I mean, we live in a world where perceptions, perceptions of the world are like wildly different. So, I mean, I guess ideally you would have, I mean, I guess some government body that's composed of, that's, I guess, composed of different people, uh, like people from different sides and people with different life experiences who are able to, like, draw that line. But I would say it should be there, like, they should swear to draw that line as close to absolute free speech as they should, could. Mm. And I mean, there was some group of legal experts who, you know, could just think about these sort of things and try to make a good call that would apply to the whole country. <laughs> some sort of ultimate court. I don't know what you'd want to call it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, jokes aside, I feel like the Supreme Court's done a pretty, I've been happy with it. Like the Supreme Court's rulings on like where we draw the line of like freedom of speech, which is pretty far in the freedom of, like you can say anything, right? Like the U.S. is pretty heavy on you have to go really clearly be like inciting illegal activities to like no longer be allowed to say it. No. And with the very conserv like with the conservative bias court we have now, um, I don't think they're going to change that anytime soon. Sure. Uh, sure. I mean, I guess uh, I think a lot of like the, I mean, a lot of the issues that arise is just because like, I feel like we are, as she brought up, we are in like a, society dominated by the internet and a society dominated by communication over the internet and the internet is the, I mean, the internet is like essentially a privately, like, you know, it's, it's dominated by privately owned companies and those companies can make decisions that are, are obviously not the decisions of the government. And those often fall on a side, like their line is drawn maybe far different or it's not even a line it's like a non-linear boundary and i think that brings up like when people are like freedom of speech freedom of speech it's like that is often why that that issue arises because it's like the boundaries that these companies dr draw are yeah just uh oddly shaped and uh and and, and it does hinder communication um like among people like in it hinders communication on what is like essentially the dominant and sometimes viewed as the only means of communicating in today's day and age. So, so it's just a question of uh, 
Like, yes. I mean, I think the government, the Supreme Court and the government probably are not drawing too, a line too far to one side or the other. It's just more like we're communicating increasingly more in a space that doesn't really involve the government at all. And it's the private entities that govern that space that decide what goes, you know, what's allowed. And that is problematic because freedom mm-hmm. of speech isn't guaranteed on the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sounds like, as you mentioned, a sprinkle on the law, sounds like free, you can just leave freedom of speech alone, right? So just like let everybody speak, but because you have laws that in place that punish people that violate, like saying something that is like inside violence, right? You, then you don't really, you don't need to talk about freedom of speech anymore. You just say, oh, you break the law, right? You break the law and this actually causes harm to people. It's not, you, it's not shutting down your freedom of speech. It's that you actually commit a crime, right? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I think that's a... I, I guess I may have a solution to this, but uh, I mean... Because this is a tough one. Uh, like, I, I mean, I would like tech companies to like be like le- like far more willing to essentially allow anything on their platform. Uh, I mean, anything, anything. Yeah. But uh, I question. Like, I think a lot of what they do is because they're private entities who, like, uh, people will argue like, "Oh, you're giving someone, you know, you're giving this guy a platform to say horrific things." I mean, or you're giving this platform essentially for an illegal act to be committed if it's, you know, inciting violence or something like that. I mean, in a way, I wish that, uh, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, should gun makers be allowed to be sued for, you know, it should like, should gun makers be allowed to be sued for someone using their gun to massacre? And it's like, a lot, it, once again, it's a, that's a divided statement, but I think we all say no. So I'd like to say, I don't think Twitter, Google, any of these people should be sued for some, somebody doing something illegal on their, and it's like, I know copyright people will go insane and like, I mean, but that's the thing that it, it's just, it's hard because it's like, it, it well, almost it can't be right. Isn't that that? Not to cut you off, but isn't yeah. that exactly what was it section two oh seven says? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think uh. actually they, they brought it up on the antitrust uh hearing, right? I think they want to senators want to change that, right? Section two point whatever. So uh, so but I guess what I'm saying so I guess if uh, so Twitter and uh so, so Twitter like couldn't be sued for someone essentially saying like I will offer you know ten thousand dollars to someone to kill my wife and like the wife dies and then like her family sues Twitter. Yeah, I believe yeah, so. The argument is that they are platform; they are not responsible. Whoever posts, whoever on there. All right. Well, then I then the tech companies are just terrible. That's. <laughs> Because, I mean, they should be, I mean, I, they shouldn't be, pol- like, then it's sort of annoying to me that they police what's on their p- platform so strongly. I mean, if anything, I mean, I feel like they don't, right? Like, they, you mentioned it, yeah. they leave all this random horrible stuff up. It's it's only, like, when something gets, like, starts causing, like, real shit that they're like, okay, fine, we'll, like, intervene and actually, like you know, do something and or because like the lawyers for music companies or whatever harass them enough and says, okay, we'll try to like stop people from just like spreading pirated stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what I mean. It's uh, like the, uh, yeah. I mean the lawyer, like it would be better if, uh, I don't know, it would be better if the, the company, like the tech companies that offer the platform focus on making focus on the platform and making the platform as good of an experience as possible with, uh, you know, with respect to the technology. I mean, the, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like it, it would be nice to me if the people who posted, you know, like the illegal content or the people who posted the hateful rhetoric were targeted, you know, for, cause they're the ones spreading it. Right. 
Like, I hate the argument, like, oh, you're, like, you're giving the platform. Because mm. it's just like, I don't know. I just really wish people would maybe be allowed to, like, combat the idea as opposed to, like, the idea just being, like, dism- like the, the idea is dangerous. And it's like, I know there are dangerous ideas, but it requires people who are impressionable and stupid to pick them up. <laughs> And, and and not be presented with better ideas. <laughs> for the sake of accuracy for our many, many listeners, by the way, yes. I made a mistake. That's section 230, not mm-hmm. 207. I got my number wrong. And just to be clear, it provides legal immunity to internet companies for content that is shared on their websites. Yeah. Okay. So actually, Ned, Ned's no, no, no big antitrust uh, hearing, and they talk about the brought up the honors tech companies, uh, I mean, only senators, they are thinking about, they were debating also like to changing that as well. I mean, I guess these big tech companies are afraid of that being changed as well because being revived somehow. Yeah, take that away. So, yeah. Right, yeah. Anyway, so I think that's uh, pretty good on that topic. So, Matt, do you have time to talk about genetic engineering or you have to go to do other stuff? We can do a little bit. Maybe we can always hit it up again next time. Yeah, I think with Yang. Yeah, I think mine's only halfway through in the book anyway. Right? So. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, we can. I mean, we can keep it pretty brief. I mean, it, like, why don't you like introduce the book and like what it's focused on, and then you know your first initial like thoughts or big questions or things. Right. Well, so I'm reading the Crack and Creation, which is written. Um, uh, which is a book written about CRISPR, so the big gene editing uh, sort of revolution, like ushered in by this uh, protein that was found that is part of bacteria. But, and basically, like, I mean, the book starts just by bringing up some, I guess, historical examples that were pretty random. Hold uh, on, like, hold on, hold on, Mike. Before yeah. you go on, sorry to cut you off. I want to have a question. Like why, why this book? Why did you pick this book to read? I basically, like, it's interesting because, like, my work is getting actually into it a little bit now. So it's like it has relevancy a little bit to what I do. Hmm. But I actually picked it up, like, four years ago to read. And the PhD just prevented me from doing much fun reading. So, ah. so um, and that's just because, I, I, I mean, I guess I picked it up because I was like, oh, that's, I mean, we talked about gene editing at like a very high level at our lunches. And I was thinking like, oh, I'd like to, like my family has a history of heart disease. And like part of that is due to like narrow, like narrow arteries in the heart. And it's like, oh, I would wonder if there's like a gene essentially that could be identified that it like basically provides the instructions for like how wide your arteries are. And could that be edited and essentially make everyone's arteries sufficiently wide so you don't get, like, plaque is becomes less and less of an issue hmm. and things like that. So, I mean, I like, you know, I mean, I'm obviously not a biochemist or anything else, even remotely related, really. But uh, so I don't know how targeted they think they could ever make these. Uh, but, I mean, also there's the question of... Uh, yeah, I mean, DNA and RNA deteriorating over time and could, I mean, you edit, I would essentially edit DNA or repair DNA. So uh, in ways that allow us to live, you know, longer or indefinitely. So I was curious what, and obviously CRISPR is just in the news a lot. Cause I think there was like in China, there were like human cells uh, or human, uh, human embryos i don't think that were actually brought to term that like were edited and that was like big like humans were being edited yeah and and i mean really like as i read this book i'm just like in many ways the human body is like we just need to figure out the syntax and like programming language it's like programmable so Mm -hmm. so all right so can you can can you describe a little bit on the book Right. Well, so, I mean, the, so what I've read so far is sort of, I guess the history, like what made 
gene editing sort of like a uh an area of interest or or like what made people excited about it and gave them ideas that it's possible and that is really uh so people with genetic conditions uh like uh, who had severe severe uh problems throughout their lives essentially i won't say overnight but essentially like uh, they had things like retardation like severe severe handicaps and there was a massive shift in their uh shift in their health and state um over the course of like months and basically they i mean it happens like and i mean i guess like religion may call it like a miracle but like what biochemists found is essentially like dna um so dna in uh types of stem cells so cells that are cells that are going to like reproduce and divide like many many times essentially like spontaneously like split and recombined in a way that removed the mutated gene like the gene that was causing this because i mean uh, an interesting, like a lot of these are one of the interesting thing that comes out throughout the book is like, they talk about different genetic conditions and basically the genetic conditions are caused by a mutation in like one or two or like a few genes, mm-hmm. which is a couple letters of DNA, which amounts to like, they talk about it in terms of like 12 atoms. <laughs> so it's like 12 atoms causes like this person's life, like this person to like suffer like immeasurably compared to like, uh, you know, quote unquote normal person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I, it was, so that was interesting, but in any case, like they've had these situations where people who have had like almost in total symptom relief when uh, there's been like a spontaneous breaking of DNA and, like the mutated DNA has essentially been uh, after like recomp. So there's something that's done uh, that is sort of the, a foundation of CRISPR, but like when there's a break in the DNA, uh, the body will naturally sort of try to repair the DNA with genetic material that's present. So mm-hmm. during that recombination in these stem cells, the mutated gene was essentially like removed. And that that cell reproduced a lot and soon became like uh, essentially that like normal DNA was now sort of the dot like dominant throughout the body. So quick question. Uh you're talking about uh like the disease, like mutation like that cause in genes that cause people to have some uh deliberating disease, right? Right. Uh, so did that mutation happen and conception? What did that mutation happen? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, presumably, so many of, like, I think, I don't know if it's universal, but I think uh, many of the genetic conditions are present from birth, yeah. So it's, it's, it's happened in an embryo level, during conception, kind of, basically? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably during, because they do talk about, like, so, like some genetic diseases are dominant, some genetic diseases are recessive. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, so it... uh I guess it, so, I mean, they can be passed down, like, generation to generation, or it can happen, like, I mean, or it can, I guess it, it could, in theory, happen from, uh, like, sort of some type of, uh, similar to how these people were healed. I mean, I'm sure there are situations where there's some type of sort of random, mutation. like, mutation, yes, a random mutation that causes, uh, uh, you know, a person to be born with, some type of uh, a single gene mutated. Mm. And that, especially if that gene is like dominant, which generally means like that it is producing like a, it's supposed to be producing like a meaningful protein. Mm. So, and then if it's producing the wrong protein, like an irregular protein that causes the issues. So. Mm. So how does the CRISPR, I guess, CRISPR work? Do they just like, you do you inject something into the body? Like, when you're a dog person, uh, do you? So, yes. Yeah. So basically, so the, so when they had these people sort of have like their miracle heal, like miracle, like healing, they, uh, their first attempts or like their initial thoughts were like, 
oh, you know what's like really good at getting like getting into our cells is uh, is a virus. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, so they essentially like the idea was basically like, hey, we know that you know X genetic disease has this uh like you know this um like mutation right so we're gonna try to ascend in the virus and send in like a piece of genetic material like a piece of code essentially we're gonna send that in in a viral vector and we're gonna try to have like and when genetic material is in the nucleus of a cell it like can recombine so we're gonna try to do that and uh hopefully like it combines in the right way to get rid of this. And uh, they were also using the fact that I brought up earlier that like, if you sort of damage a piece of DNA, so like if you cut a piece of DNA, then the, uh, then basically like the genetic material that's present in the nucleus, like, and this is part of the reason you have two chromosomes, right? Like, so if one uh, like gets damaged, they can use like the other one to, like help repair it. Hmm. So, but I guess what they found was, uh, so, uh, so they sent in different, uh, so initially they just sent in viruses and dependent on recombination. And that didn't work particularly, like, I, I think it worked a little bit, but not particularly well. And then they, they tried to use this fact that like you can cut, um, like there are proteins that actually will cut DNA and they tried targeting like the the parts of DNA that were mutated and cutting them, and also in additionally providing like genetic material that can be used to replace it. And they found more success with that. But like basically the uh, the key thing about CRISPR is so CRISPR. Just to be clear, these are like the pre-CRISPR methods. Like they just gave you just injected the dna and hoped it would like float in and get recombinated right that's what you're saying yes 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 so they so they tried a bunch so they tried a bunch of different methods that essentially didn't work because of sort of the randomness at like like i mean you're depending on a lot uh, like i can't remember what the percentage was but it was like less than one percent of people they tried it on worked or something initially and then when they tried using proteins that like would target uh certain pieces of dna uh then they were able to get it up to like 10 percent because uh but uh but and but i guess it was they were able to get it up to like 10 percent, but it was the work that went into the work that went into customizing like the protein that actually cut the dna was like immense like prohibitively immense so CRISPR was different in that, uh, I mean, it's a protein that they have found. It's very easy to customize it for the different, like, essentially where to make the protein cut. So they've found in different, I guess, studies that it's, uh, like, essentially making the cut in the very accurate place and providing the correct mat- genetic material, like, very like works really well so i mean so that's where sort of i'm at is like how crispr like may like as they get better with making it uh as they get better essentially reprogramming the cutter protein and they provide the right proteins to fill it in that's how they're they think they can essentially like uh cure like these genetic conditions so yeah so my understanding of CRISPR was, yeah, like it kind of goes along your DNA, like finds the right spot. Yeah, like cuts. And then, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Like maybe it itself put, does it itself put the new DNA or is it like once it gets cut and there's extra DNA around, it's like very likely to get added in? Right. So so actually, uh, to be fair, CRISPR uh, isn't actually, so they have a protein that is a, like purely a cutting protein. And what they do outside the body is they fuse CRISPR, which is essentially attracted to certain like segments of DNA or certain like segments of proteins. So CRISPR essentially like goes along the DNA, finds the right spot. Then the cutting protein cuts it. And then there's DNA provided that can be like essentially 
I guess, inserted in that place. And that would, or not, I guess. Like, for example, like certain genetic diseases are caused by like two, like repeated strands of DNA that shouldn't be there, right? So, um, basically. You can just cut that shit out and be good. Yes, yes. So that's, that's basically the idea is, yeah, you cut, you add, delete, or change as necessary. So. All right. So the big thing about CRISPR that I'm never, you know, dug into enough is how exactly does it find quote unquote the right section of DNA? So does it, I mean, that implies, like it implies it has to look what 20 to a hundred, like, you know, what do you call like the one chain or letters? You know how there's like individual right. letter pairs. Is there a name for them? They chromosome? use in the book. What? Chromosome? No, not chromosome. No, uh, yeah. So, uh, so no, yeah. They just basically talk about it as uh, like genes, sort of are the smallest uh, genes, and then like yeah, letters. I guess would be under genes, but we'll right. say letters. So, yeah. like, it's got to find the right sequence of letters. It's got to be at least third twenty or thirty long, right? To not just have an issue with like repeating with other stuff and finding the wrong spot. How the heck does like the protein do this? Right. Now, that is actually the part of the book I'm reading now, the more science-y part. <laughs> All right. So, Next week, I want like a good explanation for moderately educated but not biology experts, you know, on how this shit works. No, no. I mean, it's true. I, I, I mean, I, and that's why I say like I feel like a lot of this uh, – I mean, a lot of like the biology and chemistry in the book, like I need to read it like many times because it's – or uh, not necessarily many times, but like especially if I read like a chemistry or biology book, like I need to read it a lot of times to get it. And that's because like the – I guess they're, they're, they throw out names of like – these different messenger molecules, these different, like, you know, like the different blood cells, the different types of cells, they throw out all these very technical names, but it's like, if they, if you boil it down to what it's doing, then it becomes very, very computational. So I, and I, and I mean, I know there are meaningful differences between those types of molecules. So I'm not saying like, you can just say like, Oh, a messenger molecule generally, but it's almost like, I wish like chemists would essentially just have like essentially like do a class type division. Right. So like they have like a messenger, like parent class, and then they, <laughs> they're like, here are the children classes and here are the, like the functions that they implement, like the abstract functions they implement differently. Right. Uh huh. So, I mean, I think it would make it very simple. That's how we need to design people. <laughs> so Okay. So, so, yeah. So, so I guess uh, to cure disease, right? So, I guess I asked that earlier. So, you just like, just like, uh, I mean, how 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 do they how do they work on the human body? Like, do you just like inject a pill, take a shot, you know? Well, well, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, like, for example, like, there's, like, when they do, like, CAR T-cell therapy for, like, to treat cancer. Yeah. Like, they draw blood from you. Uh, they d- use, like, a chemical process to, like, extract the white blood cells only. Hmm. Then they essentially, uh, they will insert DNA, like, genetic material into those white blood cells. The genetic material will tell like the machinery in the blood cell to produce proteins on the, like outside of the white blood cell. So there, it looks, uh, so the, they put little proteins on the side of the white blood cell. And those proteins are attracted, like, uh, so essentially, like when you think about like the brain, like you hear about chemicals that bind to like receptors, like neur- neuronal receptors and stuff. So it's a similar idea. Like these proteins are attracted in the body to other proteins mm. and bind to them. And those other proteins are sp- only found on tumors or like, that's the idea. They're, they're largely found on tumors and not healthy cells in the human body. So these white, these like engineered white blood cells are 
essentially seeking out tumors and binding to them. And then, like, once these white blood cells, their actual, like, their normal purpose in the body is, of course, to, like, signal other types of white blood cells to destroy the cell they're binding to. So then other white, like, they'll do their sort of, quote-unquote, job, and they'll bind to the tumor, and then the other white blood cells will kill it. So that's how they're, like, a recent treatment of cancer that they've devised as they've been doing this, like, genetic editing type stuff so so they draw the blood put the stuff modifying the cell then do they put the cell back in your body yeah 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 so yes yeah, so, so they would do it through like an iv drug or so yeah so they give you a blood transfusion essentially uh and that way magically you will be cured yes 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 i mean and in some cases like like i say in some cases it does seem like magic and in some cases it works it's just that and it like as I say, computationally, this all makes good sense at a high level. It's it's just um, like there's a lot that like there's a lot of situations where it doesn't work, and there's a lot of situations where it can cause other issues. And uh, you know, I, I mean, yeah, and I do need a because it's driving me crazy, Matt. Because I like I specifically as I was reading about why CRISPR is like sort of the protein of proteins. Like I was like, oh, this is the stuff that like I was interested in too, that like I want to bring to the podcast. And it's just escaping me in this moment. Exactly. Like what about, like, I I mean, you can be sure it's just like a something like a high level answer is it's something about the chemical composition of it that makes well, it, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> so. that's your answer for everything in biology, right? Yeah. It's gotta be, if I had to make a guess, it's got to be something like, like there's got to be some sort of like bonding that happens between atoms in the CRISPR molecule and atoms on your DNA strand. Maybe like not strong bonding, but some type of bonding. And then like, and then it has like a sequence, its own sequence, right? And so mm-hmm. when the sequence is lined up, like it gets the maximum bond and maybe that pulls on it or something enough to like change the shape and trigger whatever it is, right? Like, because there has to be some interaction between it and the DNA. So it's got to be something like you have a sequence that maybe it's the same DNA numbers. But I, I don't know because, I mean, I thought I would have imagined that the atoms in DNA are, like, fully bonded to the other atoms in the DNA molecule, right? Right. Like, this is going into, like, you know, you have, like, an atom can only bond to so many things based on how many electrons it has in its shell, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, like, what is the actual effect that's, like, you know, doing that you know and uh, it's you know those details are interesting it's just something i've never learned right no 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 yeah no i agree so i'll yes next week i will look up exactly Uh, i'll bring up it'll be more crisper specific as opposed to just like genetic editing you know because yeah once you can edit genes like okay here's a genetic disease you edit the gene away like okay that all makes sense right but like how do it's all about how you edit the genes actually do that i want a slideshow we need powerpoint all right are you talking about applications or are you talking about fundamentally how it works fundamentally yeah no 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 i mean yes no i thought today we may talk a little bit more about of course because now there's we like next week i'll give a powerpoint on crispr (laughs) and then we'll have to we'll also have to talk about the like ethical stuff which is yeah like i mean this is sort of a book for for a layman so it's like of course that's like sort of the focus oh yeah it's more just like oh should we have designer like they they give it like a history of like here's how it came about here's why it has the potential to do miraculous things and revolutionize people and it's like oh by the way like there's tons of ethical issues that like need to be considered a lot like we should like everyone should have a voice in this discussion because or, or that's the author's sort of like refrain like everyone should have a voice in the discussion because literally it's fundamentally changing humanity so it's like this is how we'll evolve probably from here on out <laughs> so. bold yeah, yeah one of the main reasons is because like once earlier night like, we talk about like you drawn a blob on a human right and a cure disease and put a put a, a blob back mm-hmm. a cell back in the body the connect gene once it's edited it can be passed down right to his to his future generations is that 
It depends on the cell. White blood cells are produced by bone marrow. They don't reproduce themselves. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Well, I guess a shoe's meaning maybe like more general, like I oh. guess more. T- oh, as you were talking about, I, I think I think I got it now. Because earlier you were talking about those black cells, no nose night. I think that's why cancer treatment using like genetic engineering is is, is okay right now. It's not like being like uh, uh, heavily debated because they don't pass. Uh, yeah yeah so that's like much lower risk right like these cells are produced by something else and then they live for a bit and then they die anyway so if you put some edited ones in the body they're only going to be around for a little bit you know risks are heavily mitigated but you're right but if you do it with something else well it would only be passed down if you affected like the testes or the ovaries right because like you have special cells that just hold your dna to reproduce like even if you changed all every like all the DNA in your heart muscle, right? To make your heart function slightly differently. That would never be inherited by your children. Right. Mm. But I mean, but of course the point is you could make your children different and then your future generations could be. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. All so. right. We'll get into that. So next week, both technical details on CRISPR that are interesting and then ethical debate. Although I assume we'll probably all lean heavily on the, let's just do whatever we want, go crazy <laughs> side, but you know, yes. maybe she will play some devil's advocate and well, be like, gene editing's bad. You know what's happening next week, right? The inauguration. Yeah. So you never know what, you, you never know what's going to happen during that day. So barring another civil war attempt, you know, we'll focus on CRISPR. This might have to be pushed back to two weeks if you know more people are killed in the fight over the presidency. Yeah, <sighs> I got email from people and I saying community say, hey, yeah, be careful. And there's a night uh, arm protest night plan for this Sunday, so just watch out, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So. Just get your MAGA hat. Don't you have one? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> You're a little late now. Just, yeah. just wear a red hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that sounds good to me. I hope there's no violence because I prefer, I prefer making better people, ignoring the stupid ones. Junto Club.